Now, over the last couple of weeks, you have talked about what worship is. Let me give you a little story that may illustrate what worship is. There's a little girl, she goes to the shops with her parents. And, and as she's at the shop, she looks down at the counter and she sees this beautiful string of pearls. And I've shared this illustration before, but I'm going to share it again. She sees these pearls and of course they're plastic and they're fake, but she doesn't care because she's a little girl and they are special and significant to her. This string of plastic pearls catches her attention. And so she says to her mum, mum, can I buy those pearls? And mum looks at the price and says, they're $5. But you know what? If you do a few extra chores around the house, I will purchase them for you. And so the girl goes home and true to her word, she does the extra chores and she finally saves up the $5 and back to the shop with her mum. She buys her first string of plastic pearls. She loves her plastic pearls. She wears them to school. She wears them to church. She wears them wherever she goes except the bath. Because there's string with string that isn't that good in the wet weather. So she doesn't wear them in the bath and she doesn't wear them when she goes swimming. But she wears her plastic pearls everywhere else. One day her dad goes up to tuck her in and say goodnight and read her a Bible story. And while he's there, he says to her, sweetheart, do you love me? She says, oh, dad, I love you. He says, sweetheart, would you give me your pearls? She looks at him with a trembling lip. She says, I have Dad, you can have anything else. You can have my dolls, you can have my Barbies, you can have my cars, but, but not my pearls. He says, that's okay, darling. He gives her a kiss, he prays for her, he goes away. A couple of days later, he goes back in. He says, sweetheart, how you doing? She's like, he says, do you love me? She says, you know I love you. He says, would you give me your pearls? She looks at him and she says, oh, Dad, you can have anything else, but these are so special. You can't have my pearls. He says, that's okay, I love you, darling. This goes on for a little while. One day he walks into the bedroom at night and as he walks in, his little girl is there with tears welling up in her eyes, her bottom lip trembling. She holds out a hand and she looks at him and he holds out his hand to receive what she's holding and into his hand she places her plastic pearls. And at that moment he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a string of real pearls and he gives them to her and she loves her real pearls. And I want to say the moral of the story is sometimes what dad is asking you to hand over is actually so he can give you a bigger blessing. He wants to put a blessing into your hand. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. I want you to understand that he wants to, your father's heart is 100% to bless you. He wants to bless you. In fact, why don't you look at somebody now and just say, he wants to bless you. Somehow, this has got to get out of our head and into our heart. His desire. I've got three children. Yeah, I've got three children. You know what? I make my youngest daughter pay board. It's so cool. Why do I need her $7 or her $16 when she works the extra shifts at Domino's? No. I do not, trust me, I do not need her $7 or $16. I need her to learn the principle of honouring her mum and dad. I need her to learn a principle of giving things over and not hoarding things. And in that principle, as she learns that, we take her to dinner and we take her to lunch. And when we went to Bribey Island for our family holiday, thank you for releasing me, by the way, we went to Bribey Island. And do you know what I love to do? I love to take her somewhere and bless her with something that just makes her eyes light up. If you're a parent, you know that joy, don't you? As a parent, isn't it great when you do something for your kids and their eyes light up and they're just so enamored and they're so grateful for what you've done for them? I believe that that heart that we have as parents is the heart of the father to his children. 
He loves, sometimes he loves just blessing you just because he can. He just wants to bless you. And this concept that I want to show you with you and unpack today of worship isn't about just him getting your value and your worth. In fact, over the last few weeks, I'm going to ask the PowerPoints can go up. Over the last few weeks, we've been unpacking this concept of worship. And we said, if we were to look in the English language, we would see the word worship. And the old word, worthy spice or skypes. And it became, it turned into worth or value. It turned into giving value or worth to something or something or someone. Okay, and that was what the English language understood worship to be. But if we would go to the Hebraic language where the Bible is actually written, and we were to look at the Hebraic language, we would see the word is shakor. And now I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly because I don't speak ancient Hebrew, by the way. But it means to depress, to prostrate, to bow down, to lay yourself down. And that's why in worship, we have people who lift their hands to surrender. They sometimes kneel. Sometimes you'll even see them at the front. They'll just come out and they'll just lay down. What are they doing? They're wanting to worship God. But if, if your worship is only an outside, external, physiological action, you're missing the word. See, the word goes deeper than just what we do with our physical body. The word goes to our spirit. It goes to our soul. It goes to what do we mean? What's the intent behind it? And the intent behind it was to submit, was to surrender. And if you were to go into the old Phoenician word, it actually meant to be surrounded by. People would, would shakor when they fell over the edge of the boat and into the water, they would be shakor. They would be surrounded by the water. They would be submitting and surrendering themselves to the waves and the elements around them. And I want you to get that concept because it means that we are laying something down to submit and surrender, to be surrounded by the presence of God. It means that we, can we reverse it for a second? Can we, can we go, we have the presence of God in our life because we submit and surrender and we give value and worth to somebody else. And because of that, it enables us to be surrounded by his presence. And how many people know if you're surrounded by his presence, you're surrounded by his power, you're surrounded by his goodness, and you're surrounded by his grace. And it doesn't just affect you, but it actually affects those who are around you. When you submit and you surrender to God, it goes beyond just you and he and the relationship vertically. It goes out into the world. Are you still following me? Okay, are you ready? So here we go this morning. We can talk about that and we're going to move on a little bit more because I want to talk to you about a guy this morning where this came from called Abraham. Some of you may have heard of him. He's one of our fathers of faith. And Abram was his name initially, and he was called to move from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans into the promised land. And as he went, he said to God, God, I can see you're blessing me. It's wonderful that you're doing this, but I have no children. So God promised him a child. He eventually had a child called Isaac. And one day, and we pick this story up, we pick this story up in Genesis 22. I'm just going to scroll through until I find it. In Genesis 22, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abram and said to him, Abram. And Abraham said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain which I shall show you. Now, we are in the 21st century and that has some really weird connotations. Just follow me for a minute longer. So Abraham rose early in the morning. I love that. I want you to take the most precious thing and I want you to take it and sacrifice it, which is to lay it down or to submit that and surrender it to me. I want you to worship me with the most precious thing you possibly have. 
and Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. This is not a guy who debated with God or discussed it with God or worked out whether he should or shouldn't or whether he could or couldn't. This is a guy who said, God, you've spoken. I'm going to submit and surrender to your word. So he settles his donkey, he takes his son and he takes his servants and he begins to go. And for three days, he takes his journey. And as he walks, God eventually after three days shows him the Mount Moriah and shows him where he will go. And he gets there and he says to his servants, stay here. I want you to get this this morning. He says, stay here. For me and the boy, we've heard in verse 5, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and, and what? And worship. Let's do that one more time. Stay here with the donkeys. The lad and I will go over there and we will Let's do it one more time because it's a bit fun. Let's kind of get a bit excited about it. Ready? Stay here with the donkeys for the lad and I are going to go over there and worship. Right. Now let's see if we've got a... 21st century definition of worship or a Hebraic understanding of worship. 21st century definition of worship. Stay here for me and the boy are going to go over there and we are going to sing really cool songs. Okay, wait one more second. Stay here for me and the boy are going to go over there and we're going to sing quiet hymns. No, okay. Stay here, for me and the boy are going to go over there, and we are going to submit and surrender to what God's calling me to do. Ah. Ah. Stay here, for me and the boy are going to go over there, and we are going to turn on, get ready for it, the smoke machine. (laughs) Stay here, for me and the boy are going to go over there, and we are going to turn on, the strobe lights. <laughs> Stay here, because me and the boy are going to go over there, and we are going to submit and surrender to what God has called us to do. And the word they used was worship. Stay here for me and the boy are going to go and lay in the dirt. Does that work? Stay here for me and the boy are going to go and kneel and lift. No. What are they going to do? Submit and surrender to what God is calling them to do. Everyone say submit. Everyone say surrender. See, worship is not singing songs. It is not. It's not just. Can I say it like that? It's not just singing songs. It's not just lifting your hands. It's not just kneeling. It's not just singing fast or slow songs. It's not just having the right atmosphere in which it's conducive. I'm not sure how conducive our concept of worship would be if we were trying to kill our child. Do you, you, you know, like, anyone have a good, warm, fuzzy, warm feeling? Like, oh, I just felt his presence. It was so beautiful today. I loved him. Anyone have that? No. Worship to a Hebraic mind and throughout the Scriptures is to submit and surrender to what God is calling you to do. Let me give you another one. I'm not even going to go there for the sake of time, but Judges, Judges chapter 6 talks about a gentleman called Gideon. And Gideon is being oppressed by the Midianites. God raises up Gideon. He has this talk. He says, you know, I want you to go and set your people free because you're a judge now and I'm going to make you a deliverer. And so Gideon says, you got the wrong guy. I'm the smallest man of the smallest tribe of the smallest family and I'm a nothing and nobody ever felt like that. Okay, don't put your hands up. But... And God says, no, 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 I'm going to make you that guy. And he says, here's what I want you to do. And so Gideon kind of has this wrestle. He's like, oh, well, what if I I put out a fleece and the whole land is dry, but the fleece is wet, then I'll know you talk to me. And so he gets up the next morning, the whole land is dry, the fleece is wet. He's like, yes. 
God, don't get angry, but if I put out the fleece and the whole land is wet, but the fleece is dried, then I definitely know. So God goes, you know, okay, fine. So he gets up the next morning, the whole land is wet, the fleece is dry this time. He's like, yes. He says, God, don't get angry. Let me go a bit further. Do you remember this story? Anyone remember? It's Judges 6 and 7. And so he goes on a little bit further and then he rallies the troops and 32,000 people come. It's like, that's pretty exciting. Until you realize you're fighting an enemy that the Bible says is innumerable. Like, you know, 32,000. Let me give you a quick one, ready? If you can count 32,000 and then you realize you have an enemy that's more than that that you can't count, how big is that enemy? It's pretty big, yeah? And so God says, yeah, I can see you're still struggling with this, Gideon. I want you to sneak down tonight into the Midianite camp with your servant. Go down there and listen and you'll hear something really good. You ready? So he goes down and he hears two people talking about a dream that he had. He says, you know, I saw this bread and it rolled down and it smashed everything. And the other person interprets the dream. He goes, man, that's, that's the Israelites and Yahweh's with them and he's going to come down. He's going to destroy the Midianites. And, and Gideon's there. And in the middle of the Midianite camp, you know what the Bible says? It says, and Gideon worshipped. Just take a second. And can we apply our 21st century to there again? Let's see if it works. You ready? And right there in the middle of the camp, Gideon started slapping and singing songs and yoo Mm, probably not. He's surrounded by an innumerable army that want to eat him for breakfast. I don't think he was, yoo-hoo! Okay. So you ready? Follow it on. You ready? It's going to get good. Does he right there in the middle of the Midianite camp? He ran over, he turned on the smoke machine and psh, worshipped. Nope. Right there. Does anyone think that's what happened, by the way? Quick. Nope. Cool, right there in the middle of the Midianite camp, he ran over and he said, you know what, your loud rock music's just too loud, it's too offensive to my senses, I'm going to sing a hymn. And he's just right there, amazing grace. Anyone think he did that? What did he do? Come on, it's a trick question, it's fun, isn't it? He made a decision to what? Submit and surrender to the plans of of God. And right there in the middle of the Midianite camp, he made a decision, God, I worship, I value you, and I will submit and surrender to what you're calling me to do. Now we said, remember what did we say? When you worship, it doesn't just affect you, does it? So let's gel these two stories together. What happens? Gideon submits and surrenders. He goes back He tells the 300 men, he started with 32,000, God nailed it down to 10,000 or 12,000, and then God said, you've still got too many, let's take it down to 300, so he's down to 300 people, he says, I want you to take your torches, I want you to put them in an earthen vessel, I want you to go and surround the Midianite camps on the hills, and when you hear me blow the shafar, the trumpet, I want you to smash that earthen vessel, let your light so shine and shout for the glory of the Lord and for Gideon. And so the Bible says that they did just that. They all, what did they do? You ready? This is so cool. Come on, get excited. They all worshipped. What did they do? They submitted and surrendered to the plan that God had for them. So when they submitted and surrendered, and this is so many different types and shadows, they broke the earthen vessel that the light was inside and the light shone out and the Midianites went crazy and killed each other and ran off. Okay, the win is when he worshipped, he didn't just save him, he saved all of Israel. Let me go back to Abraham. You ready? Because we're like listening to Abraham. This is a really cool story. Where's it going? Where's it coming from? Let me give you some background. You'll notice that Abraham got up early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and he went straight there. 
He didn't go, what do I have to do to sacrifice my son? Why didn't he say that? It's really quick, real simple. Because he knew. Well, how did he know? Because that's what they did. They were all doing it. It wasn't unusual to think that you've got to go sacrifice your son to please a God. That was historically normal. What's unusual is when he went and submitted and surrendered and was about to do what he thought God was telling him to do, that God stopped him and said, stop, let me show you something. I will provide a ram. And he looks up and he sees a ram caught in the thickets. And God shows him. Are you ready? Come on. God shows him. Messes with the camera person now. God shows him that when you submit and you surrender to the plan that God has put on your heart, that he will provide a way, that he will make a difference. And you know what the problem is? So many people are submitting and surrendering to the plans of the world. So many people are submitting and surrendering and and giving their value and adoration to finances or to sports or a hundred different other things. And they never feel that they've got the way. They never feel that they've got the surrounding of the presence of God. They never feel they've got his favor or grace on their life. Why? Because you're worshiping the wrong thing. You're submitting and surrendering. You're bowing down to the wrong thing. Are you getting that this morning? But when he bows down and worships God and submits and surrenders to God's plan, not only did God spare his child, which is, that's a pretty cool part, but God reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and in seeing will provide. And so now I want you to imagine Abraham goes back to the men that he just told he was going to what? go and worship and come back. So they come back to the men and he comes back to them with this new revelation, doesn't he? What's the revelation? When we worship God, he provides the ram for us. We don't have to kill our kids anymore because when we worship God, he makes a way. When we worship God, when we submit and surrender to his plan, he provides a lamb. Well, here he provides a ram but can we take that now into the, our day, into Jesus' day? Can we, can we keep coming forward? He's, when we worship God, he provides a lamb for us. Just let that settle. When we submit and surrender to the plan of God, in fact, I, I put to you that the first submitting and surrendering we do is we stop trying to pay the price ourselves, stop trying to be good enough in our own strength, stop trying to make God happy by what we can do and start submitting and surrendering to what he's calling us to do. You remember that story in John chapter 4 where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he says to us, those who worship God, you're saying you've got to worship him here and the Jews say you've got to worship him there, but I'm telling you there's a time coming when those who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. Can I do it this way? They will submit to the leading of his spirit and worship him in truth. They will submit to the leading and the prompting of the spirit. They will submit and surrender themselves to the voice of God and I will make a way for them. Are you, please tell me you're getting this. I really, my heart is that every person here and every person online would make that distinction and that decide today, I want to worship 
God, I want to submit and surrender to him. And now I'm going to go a little further. Because do you know what he often asks us to lay down? Our plastic pearls. He often asks us to lay down those things that we think are really special. So can I press this morning? What's he asking you to lay down? I believe the Spirit of God's talking to people right now. And he's telling you, you're carrying something that I'm asking you to lay down. You're holding on to something and I'm asking you to give it over. And when you give it over, what I've got for you is so much better, but I can't give you that until you've submitted and surrendered. Are you following me? I want you to just take that for a second, please. What are you holding on to this morning? What are you holding on to that for you is really precious? Maybe it's the thing that you think defines you. Maybe you think you've been unjustly treated. So you're holding on to that offense. You're holding on to the bitterness. Maybe you have a persecution mindset. So you're holding on to that. You know, I know I'm walking with God when I'm being persecuted. But actually the reason you're being persecuted is just because you're being a clown. Come on, can you take it for a second? Maybe it's finances, and I'm not pushing this because I made the disclaimer. I've already asked you for money. I'm free now to say what I like. But for some people, you make your whole life about building and amassing more finances. And I wonder if God's asking you to lay those down. I wonder if he's asking you to lay down something special to you so that he can give you something even greater. Can you... Can you feel that this morning? Would you just close your eyes? Just, I just want to ask, thanks, Beck, for playing. I just want the Spirit of God to come and touch us right now. Holy Spirit, would you just come and would you begin to talk to your people that they might submit and they might surrender to you? They might hand over their plastic pearls to get something real and genuine and authentic. For some, I believe that's their experience of Christianity. They hang on to the religion and the do's and the don'ts and he's saying to you this morning, would you hand over your plastic pearls? I want to give you an authentic experience this morning. Thank you, Jesus. hanging on to your own way of doing life and doing things and this morning God's saying listen I, I want to point you to Christ I want to point you to the lamb that was slain and I'm asking would you hand over your way of doing things and your way of living life that you might receive the greater gift that gift of salvation it's just
to let go of so that you might experience the lamb that was slain for you, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, the favour, the blessing. saw things that changed his whole community from this point on. He knew he'd met the God who sees and in seeing will provide. I believe that's where God's talking to you today to reveal this to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.